afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hi there. I have an announcement here. Okay. If you're already meditating in the morning or wish to start, enjoy the extra support of meditating with Sangha with virtual meditation groups. The 30-minute conference call meditation sessions happen seven days a week. For a complete schedule and for other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. So Ashwini, we can jump straight into callers unless there's something else you want to start with here. Well, let's just jump in, Michael. Okay, here we go. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Let's try that again. Looks like I'm unable to mute that person, Ashwini. Let me move on to the next person here. Live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yes, this is Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi. Oh, good. You can hear me. Hi, Ashwini. Um, I'm calling in. I haven't called in in a long time. I've been doing the retreat and sort of just hanging in there and listening and participating by listening, but I haven't. I guess I'm in an undulation. I'm not in a great space. However, my mind defines great. I just finished a whole round of chemotherapy and radiation. Hoping supposedly I'm clear, but I don't know. And so I find myself just like, am I doing enough to keep it from coming back? And all these questions like, what do I have to live for? What are my goals? You know, when you read all this cancer stuff, it's all like, what's the purpose of your life? And, you know, I don't have any answers. And I don't know if it's just that my mind doesn't think that way or it's like, not a Buddhist existential crisis. I don't know. So that's kind of where mm-hmm. I have nothing brilliant to say. I have no answers. I just wanted to connect and say that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Well, you're present, right, Susan? That's what I hear you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Thanks. <laughs> you're, you're here for what is. And so oh. that, it seems to me that it's in, an insufficient reason uh, from a conditioned perspective, right, you've got to answer these existential questions like what's the purpose of your life and what's the meaning of your existence when you're, when you're undergoing chemotherapy. I mean, that's just, it's so absurd that one has to laugh at it, right? But, yeah, it's kind of the thing. I mean, I'm done with it all. It's been about six months out and I got a clear thing, but, you know, you never know. With it. It's sort of like, so now you have to think about, like, why do I want to live and what's my purpose and what are my goals? And I look at that and I don't feel any energy in those questions. I think, oh, geez, I'm really in trouble because if I don't really, really want to live, it's going to come back. You know, it's that. And, but I don't, yes. I don't relate to those yes. questions. I, I don't have any charge or something. Like something's wrong. I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, and you but, know, I don't know, Susan, but let's explore this together, right? So to okay. me, this is, this is the wisdom of intelligence. So you, th- these are these questions that you're being asked, and mm. you don't feel any energy in the question. 
And what we're mm-hmm. conditioned to believe is if, if the question is asked and you don't have an answer, there's something wrong with you. Rather than look to your experience to go, wait a second, these, these questions don't seem to have any charge or energy for me. Now, what if that were true? What if that was wisdom's answer to conditioned mm. mind's questions? But we oh. don't stay with that experience, right? We don't, if, yeah. we don't stay with the experience of this just doesn't seem to make sense to me. It's like, I, I mean, the, the analogy for me is you go to an interview when you're 20 and someone says, what do you want to be? What, what do you see your life to be like in the next yeah. 20 years? And we're yeah, supposed yeah. to have a brilliant answer to that question. But if you were an awareness practitioner, you would just look very puzzled at the person and go, I only know what's happening in the moment. And even that is a question. <laughs> Most people don't know even that. And you want me to tell <laughs> what I'm, my life's going to be like in 20 years? What's wrong with you? Do you live in this world? <laughs> I, 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 I can feel I'm affected by what you're saying. Like there's a sadness. I guess it's sadness there. Kind of like oh, a relief. Because, you know, when I hear it, I just think, let me think, what's my purpose? You know, these are the, when you read all the cancer stuff, this is all the kind of stuff. It's, I think my purpose in living, I don't know, I'm just alive. I don't, I assume it's going to unfold, but geez, I don't really know. What are you going to do in 20 years? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Leave me alone. Right. I don't know. Exactly. Don't. So we do know the answer. We do know the answer, which is the question is absurd. Mm. Mm. Right? But mm-hmm. we just we are just so conditioned to to believe that that can't be the answer. And that that an answer such as, Wow, I'm just alive, I'm here for this moment, that is sufficiency. That is enough of mm-hmm. an answer. You don't need a reason to be alive. You don't have to earn your existence. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have mm-hmm. to qualify it with a purpose or meaning or anything else. Just being mm. alive is what life is. I mean, if you ask a tree, what is your purpose? Or, or <laughs> uh, you know, pl- a flower, why are you blooming? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah, a question yeah. that we only get asked. We are asked. Just that I'm alive, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm living, I've lived a life that, that's been wonderfully rich and filled with so many things. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. it is. That is, that is the... Um, a side effect, if you will, of having breath and uh, life force. You know what it is, I realize listening to you, is it's sort of like there's an implied causation in the whole kind of recovery from cancer, which is if you really have something to live for and you have some goals and you're planning the future, that will cause you to not get it back, to survive. If you don't have those things, you don't have that strong will to live and things to look forward to and causation, you won't. Your body will go, oh, that's you right. don't want to be here, goodbye, for well. And, and that's, it's really a, a assumed and embedded in that question. So when I don't feel it, I get scared. Like, oh, my God, I better come up with something really quick. You know, like, yes. ugh. Yes. It's just, yes. I don't know. Yes. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah, it is I'm tricky. So sense. I think you're seeing through. Oh, absolutely. That part of what, I mean, what, what I hear you say is what you're seeing in, in, this, in, the, in the recontextualization of this whole experience is simply that yeah. within the, the world of, of cancer cure, there's a presumption mm-hmm. that if you don't have the will to live, then the cancer will be back. 
And when you, right. when, if you, if you believe that belief system, then it's a fear system, right? You have to find yeah. the, this willingness and passion for life, or somehow or the other, the disease is going to get the better of you. And it, and it just, and and when we go to an awareness practitioner perspective or a spiritual dimension for perspective, the 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 notion that I somehow have the will to live is. Is, mm. a, is absurd because I don't exist. <laughs> I mean, the, mm. the, the, the very, mm. I, I didn't choose to be born and I don't choose to die. Life is and life will cease. And mm. there, there's a continuity in, if you're, if you're a Buddhist at least, there's a continuity mm. in life that is beyond the person. And mm. so that is mm-hmm. a different dimension and has different answers and questions, right? Because the only question mm-hmm. is, are you choosing to be here or not? Yeah, for the life that present. you have, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. for the life that will will the the life form which will uh, cease, which does get sick, it's all part of the cycle of life in this incarnation, which will begin and end, and there's nothing wrong with any of it, and which will even get sick and decay, <laughs> right? And we just yeah, get to be part yeah. of that whole life cycle in the context of life never stops. Perhaps in this form, but life never stops. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, that's the thing that you can invoke disease is so, um, you know, for a certain orientation is so unhelpful. It's you know, it's kind of like it's it's the word I it's fanatical. Like I'm glad to be alive. Well, maybe I I don't know. I'm here, but. I don't want to. I'm, I don't want to be fanatical about staying alive. Well, my whole life is dedicated to staying alive. Somehow that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, I don't know. I you know, it just it's not oh, it that make sense. the whole paradigm doesn't make sense to me inside. I don't feel that. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That we yeah. have to live at all costs is is yes, part of exactly. the medical establishment. <laughs> we save life at all costs. Prolong life at all costs. Uh, keep keep. It doesn't matter about the quality of your life. You just have to simply be alive. Yeah, and, and if you so, don't believe that you know, way, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Like, why? Why did they yeah. die? Oh, because they didn't want to live. Really? You know, really? Yeah. Is that why? But that's kind of the embedded. I don't know. Stepping stone or something. Yeah. It's just. Oh well, thanks. It's just. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. and 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 Susan, the what what what. You know what we're what we're closing in on is trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that yeah. This 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 set of questions doesn't have energy for me, so I can not engage with these questions. This paradigm doesn't make sense for me, so I don't have to buy into the paradigm. Yeah. Let what me, you said. Let you me said, follow well, the you're, guidance. You're, yeah. Go ahead. No, just when you said, but you're here, you're present. It was like. Boom, the light came on like, oh, my God, is that really enough? And face it, this kind of monumental, like, you know, next to taxes, this is like the big deal and yeah. that I'm up against that whole way of thinking that's so pervasive. It's comforting. So I'm hearing what you said. That's right. I appreciate yeah, it. that is also part of life. And it comes to all of us and it will come when it will come. It will come how it will come. And we just have no control over that. And any, any belief system that says we do, I don't know, it's, it's one deadliest question. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I don't think you trying to muster the energy for it. Wow. Yeah. God. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for being there. I appreciate it. Thanks, Susan. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining, joining us, Susan. And Ashwini, yes, it's great to be here and present is uh, more than enough. It's uh, fabulous. And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, great conversation. And we have another caller here. Great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini and Michael. It's Jeff in North Carolina. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey. So um, I was uh, looking just a little bit earlier tonight. Um, Really, I feel like disidentifying from uh, spending a lot of time in I want. Um, And... um, you know, participating in, in all kinds of practice, you know, as, uh, as usual, but, but I feel like for, um, you know, not, um, more focused on, I want life to be a certain way and I want these things than on practice than, than on being and being, I mean, certainly there's been a lot of, you know, being present and all that too. But I think there's, it just feels like there's been this orientation, a a more dominant orientation of I want um, that's been going on. And I just uh, caught sight of that a little while ago. So so Jeff, can you say a little bit more about I want? Yeah. Is this the kind of I want that is not possible or is it an I want that you've tried to achieve but haven't or what kind of I want is it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's both. I think it could be uh, that I'm aware of both going on. Um, so um, some of it is, are fantasies that are just uh, fantasies that aren't, you know, aren't ever going to happen. Um, and then some of it is just trying to make life be you know, whatever, comfortable, get things done, have things at work go the way I want to, or things in my personal life go the way I want them to. Um, and it's, today was the first day of school. There's, um, I, I, you know, it's, um, back into having a lot more to do. Um, and, um, and, and even though I'm, you know, I'm very happy with that, the way that's going, it just seems like there's, uh, with that, there's just um, there's so much attention to uh, just trying to keep up with things and all that um, that um, it it often slides over into my focus is having things be the way I want them to be. And not only that, I feel like there's a lot of really enjoying the children and, and enjoying the preparations for school and all of that going on as well. Um, but uh-huh. anyway. But it, yeah. So what I so good, thank you for clarifying because what I was trying to uh, to trying to sort of draw out was simply what that flavor is. But what I hear you saying is life is life is fine, and there's a process of dissatisfaction running, and you notice that process of dissatisfaction, and what you want to choose is to disidentify from it. 
because you're aware that a number of things are a number of things cannot actually be changed or or fixed and several other things are actually just enjoyable and all that's going on is attention is on a conversation of lack rather than being here yeah some a lot of it i would say um with with respect to to when there's a lot to go on i i think the word that comes up for me is, is control and there's an attempt to control um even if things end up going the way I want them to go, which they often do, that one, there's just that, that, um, uh, you know, that attempt to manage them um, so much of the time and that, that fear that they won't go. And I actually feel, it's, even though I'm, I'm, I, I actually feel like I, I'm letting go of that, despite the way I've started this conversation, a lot more than I ever have with respect to work. Um, you know, being a teacher in this case, um, that I'm, you know, I, it was the last day of summer break and I was fine with, with, you know, teacher work week starting the next day. Um, I've really enjoyed these preparations for school. So that process goes on. Um, but there's also, there's also more, uh, more surrender or more acceptance and more being um, and enjoying than ever before with this process of school starting up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the awareness of the dissatisfaction and an awareness that your practice is working because you recognize that dissatisfaction is just simply an ego process. Uh, in your case, con you know, wanting to control it or manage the circumstances the fear that arises that if the circumstances are not managed, then what would you feel? All of that is just the process that you know is uh, operates for you, and to to just practice disidentifying from it and being in enjoyment in just being, and which which you're successful at when you catch on to the process of dissatisfaction, you're redirecting the attention and being here for this now for enjoyment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's and I've kind of I know I'm, I feel like I, in this conversation I'm kind of like all over the place and, and almost contradicting what I was saying before. But but I, I guess what I'm looking at at the moment is um, I I I feel like that's really going on at work a lot. And what I would like my attention to be on more is is kind of the you know the year long retreat and the practice things that I'm doing. I feel like that's um, I'm just l losing attention on as much attention on that as I would like. You know, I know it's the beginning, the first week of school, and I'm just doing, a, you know, there's a doing a lot. But I still feel like, you know, that my uh, anyway, I'd like to have that my attention on that more often. And that's where the control comes in because I know, even though it's, I'm I'm not necessarily consciously making these decisions. I know there's just so much to do, and I want it to go so well that I'm not, you know, taking so much time to record. And you know, bring my attention back um, periodically to um, the practice focus. Um, so, uh -huh. yeah. Well, and I don't know. Again, right, um, Jeff? I think I'm tracking. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. it doesn't sound like you you are having a problem, right? Because you notice <laughs> that this is an intense week, and that's why I keep reflecting. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know why you want your attention. You don't want it to be on management. You are seeing that because it's so busy, it's, it's the, the routine, I would project, or the structures that assist you to stay present, to record and listen, to participate in practice uh, activities is not as available to you. And in that la- mm. in, when that structure is not available, it, it feels more turbulent. You're required to be present without structure, which is a hard transition. But that's, where you, that's what your intention is. And so then what, when, when we sit with that, it will drop in what those support structures are that can work within busyness, and you'll find them, right? And the mm. control that you're seeing, which I think is an interesting mm. process, is, uh, is that place of, well, I, I need the time to record and listen. I need to be able to meditate for 30 minutes. I need to be on the call at XYZ mm. time that my practice structures need to be exactly the same in busy and not so busy times. And to catch on to control there is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing because it's not mm. the same. It's not the same. This moment is never the same as that one, but summer holidays and school and session are completely different experiences. <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I right. There's such there's such a strong fear that I will, you know, that I will be or am being slack <laughs> in quotes about practice yeah. that I'm not well, giving my best yeah. to it as I should yeah. and all of that. That's right. Um, so right, yeah, and so yeah, you're practicing being present. Whether whether you're present because you have you have a, you're sitting on the cushion or you're present in a classroom, you're still present. That's what you're practicing. So we just need to find the approach. You don't want to give up your meditation because in meditation you're practicing a specific skill that will be available to you off the cushion. So you don't, it's like you don't go, you don't go to a monastery so you can avoid living life, right? You go to a monastery to practice a whole bunch of working meditation and walking meditation and sitting meditation and contemplative practices so that those skills will be available to you when you're outside the monastery. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, right. This is <laughs> one, one thing I'm really getting from what you're saying is, so this is practice. What, what I'm, what I'm yeah. participating in my life is practice. It's not like I'm not yeah. practicing. I'm definitely practicing and, and not to, you know, get, get those little, you know, beatings that are, you know, say, Hey, wait, you're, right. you know, you're not doing yes. the practice you should be doing and all of that. Yes. Yes, and Jeff, I think it's really important for all of us to get that we don't, we have, um, we're, we're practicing being present in every moment. And if all of life is a workshop, then we never stop practicing in the workshop that we're given. So in this workshop, there is no assignment to go sit and go record and listen uh, while you're teaching a class, <laughs> although you could if you wanted to make it part of your workshop. <laughs> But, the, but mm. the point is that, that the, the process that we're being asked to practice, I mean, the practice is always there. I'm always practicing something. I'm either practicing listening to conditioned mind or I'm practicing being present. It doesn't matter whether I'm sitting on the cushion or teaching a class, right, or walking from my classroom to my car or anything mm. else. And so the recontextualization is what are the structures in this, um, in this workshop that will assist me to be present? So yeah, maybe there's a, at the end of the class period you record and listen so you come here, or 
you take 10 minutes and uh, meditate because you want to be present and you intersperse that throughout your day. So it's a deliberate structuring of interrupting conditioned mind during your school day, which is a very different practice schedule, you could say, than if you are if you're in, in your holidays or over the weekend. We don't want to give up the formal practice structures because they're training uh, mechanisms. So you, you look to see how to include those, the formal stuff that supports you within a workday, rather than letting conditioning confuse the two to say that if you're not, if you don't have the exact practice schedule that you have during your holidays, somehow or the other, you're going to stop being present. Wow. I, I, I want to just just re- reflect just a, a small part of I'm aware I've been on the phone uh, the you call here a long time but just briefly to first of all thank you for making the, some of those points again and and elaborate on, on them um, and but what I'm what I'm hearing is uh, one you didn't say this exactly but one of the big things that I'm getting is I'm I want to uh, I want to I want to see this as practice um, what, what's going on at work. I, I want to intentionally see it as practice. And I love what you're saying about include the formal. It may look very different than, you know, what was going on in the summer, but def, in, intentionally interrupt conditioned mind. That phrase really caught my attention. And the form, include the formal structures and choose the ones that work within this situation. That's, that's kind of the central message that I'm hearing. Exactly. Recipe for success. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Take care, Jim. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Ashwini, it sounds like it's all practice. Yes, Michael, it is, (laughs) and 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 it's just the it's just that um, transitions are places where we get tripped up, and so we are present to how life is. And that will inform us how we want to support ourselves in order to be present to it, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And Ashwini, we're going to break here for good news updates, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Excellent. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. All right. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Janice, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in virtual meditation group. Welcome, Janice. It's a pleasure to speak about my experience with virtual meditation. And I was just listening deeply to the previous callers and um, seeing that, yeah, it's all about practice and it's all about being present. Yes, yes. And what, and I I was hearing the same thing, Janice, and that, piece about, you know, maybe we stop and, and sit for, you know, meditate before class, or maybe we, and I thought, well, that's a perfect uh, tee up for our discussion, because that really being the foundation of practice, right? The sitting still and being able to have that support 
of virtual meditation groups to do that. Exactly. And I heard Ashwini say that sitting, sitting meditation is a training mechanism. And I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. one of our many tools, but it's, a, it's so essential. And uh, yeah. so, so maybe tell us a, lo- a little about your experience of it. And at some point we can kind of talk about how, how it works. Right. Okay. Well, my experience is that it's always there for me seven days a week. So I happen to be in Western Canada. So I realize that um, some of the times are there's the equivalent, like by 7 a.m., there's also one offered in um, Eastern time. So people can look at the schedule on the livingcompassion.org. And there's a a, a way to get there and there's it's under practice offerings so I actually sit um, Monday to Friday at 7 and the next uh, Friday Saturdays it's at 7:30, and Sundays it's offered at 8 so it switches around and mm-hmm. what I've found is that like all our our kind of practice on here in um, this sangha, it's all a format that's auditory. It's um, it's mm-hmm. for us. It's offered mm-hmm. by stewards of practice. There's somebody, uh, there's a team that shows up daily for all these different ones to offer it to us. And, but we mm-hmm. we don't need to know who they are. We just need to know we're supported and do our job of showing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a fun, extraordinary piece of it, isn't it? That there's there's such a dedication and commitment, uh, like uh, on all the levels, right? So there's the person mm-hmm. who signed up to say, yeah, I'm going to be the one who will run the technology for this. I'm going to be the one who gets in front of the computer and make sure that this is available to the folks who tune into it. And so that's a huge support, as we know, for the person who's being willing to show up. And then for the rest of us, we get to be the ones to metaphorically enter the meditation hall and participate in that meditation that's being stewarded by that person who has signed up to do it that day. Yeah, exactly. And on the site, there's also um, there's resources because the actual um, the 30 minutes begins with a daily recollection. It's a longer recollection. That's downloadable. downloadable. And it ends with a short recitation. And in between, we can choose where we are going to sit and be committed for that period of time. Suggest that we arrive two minutes early and use it as a kind of inviting um, the formality of the meditation hall into our home. Yeah, yeah. Which is a huge piece of the support, isn't it? Is that... It's, I was just talking to someone about this the other day, that it's that place of it's so easy to get talked out of what we know we actually really want to do. Oh, yeah. As awareness practitioners, we want to be sit. We want to give ourselves that time to be quiet, to be still. And yet how many tricks conditioned mind has to talk us out of it. And so virtual meditation groups where we're making that commitment to ourselves, to each other, that we're going to show up together at this time really ups our chances. And I, exactly as you say, 
getting there, you know, not kind of squeaking in right at the last minute, but getting there in time to get in the posture you want to be in because there's that commitment to sit still for that period of time, you know, really getting ready. And then once that the daily recollection starts, you're ready to go. Yeah. And, you know, something that I've done is that in the different seasons of the year, um, I'm getting up, for example, in winter in the dark. So Mm -hmm. the place I'm sitting, you know, I will include a candle. So before I I begin, I'm lighting the candle. And I just create the space. And Mm -hmm. sometimes even in um, summer, I'll go out, but I'll just pick a little place in in the garden. And Mm -hmm. that's where I am. And I'm sitting with the birds. And that's where I'm set up. So it doesn't have to be... Um, I mean, we can make it creative because I was in a, my living was such that um, a lot of people were coming and going when I was caregiving and um, I needed to find a very quiet private place. But now I'm, that isn't the issue for me. So I find that um, I've discovered another place <laughs> and, yeah. well, and it is lovely. It is lovely. And, you know, Janice, as you say that, I think one of the huge benefits of technology and the way that we use technology in practice, one of the things I hear you saying is we can get creative. We don't have to believe a story that, well, but I'm in this certain circumstance, so I can't really, or I'm in, you know, almost all of us have access to either a phone or a, you know, device of some sort that we can use to tune into this. And so wherever we are, to just find that little corner where we can be on our own for that period of time and have that support and and really get to do it. Exactly. And, you know, even to be so kind as not to let the voices say for some particular reason you can't show up because, you know, maybe your health is impaired. I had COVID and I had a really bad bout. So my virtual meditation was horizontal during that time. It wasn't a case of being talked out and saying, well, you know, you're already sick and now you can't do it. <laughs> so because uh, it has to be done a certain way. No. Right, right. And, you know, the other thing you mentioned that I wanted to circle back to is that the um, recitations are available on the website, which is lovely. And I think, you know, for folks who have not formally meditated, say, at a retreat or that sort of thing, it's really nice to have that. Because the daily, well, the the short recitation is something that encapsulates practice really beautifully, right? Mm -hmm. We're here to end suffering. And if nothing's more important than that, we will end suffering. And that the daily recollection is a really beautiful piece of writing, we could say, that encapsulates kind of all of the tenets of practice. And, And for anyone who isn't familiar with the daily recollection, I think as you Um, read it, you'll see so many different elements of practice that we've gotten to do over the last few years through email classes and and year-long retreats and that sort of thing. So it's a lovely thing to be able to start one's day with saying, doing the daily recollection together with Sangha. Yeah, it absolutely is. And um, I'm just... I'm just so pleased to be able to talk about it and just encouraging anyone who's even long time 
or new that there are resources there to remind ourselves of like for example um, nothing happens next is a small book from keep it simple that actually um, answers very short questions but common questions and it's freely downloadable as well Mm -hmm. all questions about meditation that right. the guide has answered over the years and, and been compiled. Yeah, it's a, it, you're right. That's a beautiful book, a beautiful resource for sitting meditation practice. And yeah. there, are, there are also, um, there's a little section on meditation tips. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and there is an opportunity if people um, really actually have a question about the virtual meditation groups, that there's an email to write into virtual meditation at livingcompassion.org. So I feel like it's, um, it's open and ex- accessible and uh, you can do it with tablet or with a phone or a computer and it's easy. I'm saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easy because I don't consider myself very technological, and I think it's easy. So there Uh, you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And as we always talk about, it really, what we're practicing here is very straightforward, but not always easy in the sense of how easy it is to get talked out of it. And so to have that support, especially since it's, you know, we're not getting together um, physically in a space together to meditate together and so mm-hmm. this is such a, a such a great way to get to do that even when mm-hmm. we're not able to be together in person mm-hmm. yeah I thank everybody who helps make that happen yeah me too and you know I was thinking when you were talking about the time zones before so you're on the west coast time and that um, for folks on the east coast it's quite handy right because those early morning so there's an early morning time for the east coasters but then the early morning time for the west coasters can be a second meditation for folks on the east coast should they choose so so folks are on the east eastern time zones there's quite a lot of options mm-hmm. so. and I, I love having um getting up i find that it's not uh there's not a question about it you know they get mm-hmm. up and then there's uh a little bit of a break, breakfast, and the, you know all the chores around, and then there's a year-long retreat. So it just fits into all of this exactly. for me. Yeah, I call it front-loading my yeah. front-loading my day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and for so many of us, recording and listening is in there waking up with a mentor, and so it yes. really it, it really starts to feel like living on retreat, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And here we are in open air. Yeah, and here we are in open air, indeed. So I just well, thank you, Janice, for being with us. Yeah, and I, ahead. I just wanted to on the site is a quote from Sherry, so I just wanted to read it. This is oh, it. Yeah, this is it. When we are truly present, really here, this is all we could ever hope for. Everything it should be. So I thought that was uh, that's it. This mm. is it. And here's another it. way. This yeah, it. this practice is is helping us yeah. so much. So deep yeah, gosh show. Sure well, gosh show to you, Janice, for being with us this afternoon to talk about your experience. Thanks for having me. All right. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, Janice. And Janice, I am unable to mute you. 
So if you could mute yourself, that'd be great. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, that is one of my favorite book titles, Nothing Happens Next. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's such a brilliant book. I mean, I periodically just go back and read it because it brings, it's, it's not just an answer to questions about meditation. It reveals a process orientation, a practice orientation that is just unbelievable. Truly, uh, how how to practice awareness? That's what the book is really about. Mm, yes, yes. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Shwini. It's Renee in Oregon. Hey, Renee. Hi. So um, I've been wanting to call and share a story about the monastery. Uh-huh. Um, I was encouraged to do that um, from the Good News Update folks. Um, so I have so many, and so I have to pick one. So I decided to pick m- the most fun one, which was mm-hmm. the kids' retreat. Mm-hmm. Do kids retreat and my children I'm sure some of the people remember who were there at the time were um, probably like five and seven you had to be five to go mm-hmm. and um, I have two boys and they were five and seven at the time and um, first of all it was hard to let go from a protective standpoint you know to let them go mm-hmm. and um, be uh, with the with the monks and doing what they did, and uh, and it was just and it was, so that was a good learning experience and it was such a good learning experience to be a parent who could take that time off and just let someone else care for the children. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so it was it was huge. So you could have a retreat yourself. Yes, and we were able to. Mm-hmm. The parents were able to and have a retreat themselves. And the kids were able to, you know, I was still there, but they were able to go and have fun with, with the monks. And and the, even the sleeping arrangements were funny because, you know, we were in the dorm with two boys on the bunk beds. And, you know, it mm-hmm. was just, that, was, that was an adventure in itself to be in the, in the dorm. Um, and if I remember, one of the times it was just us in the dorm, and so they were going into all the little bedrooms and um mm-hmm. and so it was it was just you know you go there for yourself and then you bring your kids with you and it's like just a completely different experience and mm-hmm. um yeah so uh, mm-hmm. we we also they also always did these plays where the kids got to make up the plays and um and I never laughed so hard it was so funny and um, uh-huh. it was like it was like a puppet show, you know, where they did puppets and they made everything out of whatever was there, you know. And uh-huh. and it was just it was just so much fun. Yes. Well, and and so thank you for doing this. We need to call and share that memory of the monastery and of a retreat that not very many people were familiar with. 
But you're right. It is right. such a um, it's such a gift to yourself to be able to do that, and to to bring to so so uh, be, practice being important to you. It's just interesting to have who we everything that we love also in that practice environment, and to see mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. presence can take so many forms. Because I project that that's, that they got to experience yes. that in a way that is. Uh, perhaps the same or very different from the way we experience presence at a place of practice, but to have them be part of it, to have them have an experience of it, to have uh, to have that relationship with them in a privileged environment situation that has slightly different um, rules, I project. It's all so very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was, um, well, first of all, I think what happened was all these little kids were there together and some of them are older too. There were some older children as well, but I think you have these little present people there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like little, oh, what an, what an, they, what an interesting yeah. observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids are the most they present were, people. They live in the moment. Our <laughs> lessons for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mine and a few others were young enough that they weren't really concerned about anything really, you know, about Mm -hmm. what kind of environment it was or that you're supposed to be quiet or that you're supposed to sit on the cushion for 30 minutes. Of course, they didn't sit on the cushion nor were they required to for 30 minutes. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but then to watch my reaction to it and, Mm. um, you know, as a parent, you have so much conditioning around what your kids do. And so that Mm -hmm. was always really good to see. And um, Mm -hmm. Well, what I hear you saying there. Renee is it's several things, right? One that uh, we get to see authenticity unhindered, which we don't have an experience yeah. of very often, and that's we see that in ch- in children. And the the way the monastery relates to that is just to let them be natural expressions of themselves, right? There's no inhibition, there's no yeah. no requirements, or if there are, then it's it's offered in a way that's very present. And so then, then that allows you for if that pressure is not on you, right, to be the conditioned parent, then you get to see the conditioning that you have as a parent because there's that investment yeah. in how your kids are and how your kids behave, and we we can watch that conditioning in us attempting attempt to condition our kids, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And so. The monastery offers that that structure offers for their expression, natural expression, and our and and a reflection of where that has been inhibited in us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Definitely, all of that, and and then it was also so much fun to see the monks have so much fun with the kids. Like mm-hmm. they didn't get to have that experience uh-huh. very often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's an internal experience mostly, right? For all of us, when we're present, there's the joy, and in that in that privileged environment, we get to twinkle. And in this case, we get to interact with kids and and let our our inner sort of innocence and yeah. sense of fun come out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was really special. It was. I, I I bet it was. And 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 who knows, Renee? It might happen again. Yeah, maybe I'll get to see someone else's children. Mine are 
25 and 26 now, so that tells you how long ago that was. <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. and they do remember it, mm-hmm. and they, it did have an impact on their lives for sure. Because um, we went multiple years, about three or four years, mm-hmm. I think, that we went. And um, but and many other amazing experiences. One of the other one I remember. One of the other experiences I remember very vividly is the precepts retreats with the oil lamp. Is another one that was so beautiful. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So I have so many. I could talk the whole show. So I won't do that. Um, but thank you for letting me share. Thank you for calling and sharing, Renee. That especially to have picked out a fun one. Because that's an incarnation yep. of the monastery not very many people are familiar with. So thank you. Yeah, it was it was a blast. Um, really, I just, I laughed so much. Just It was just pure joy. Mm. 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 Thank you. Thanks, Renee. Thanks for joining us, Renee. And actually, we're a little short on time, so I'm going to go straight to the next caller here. Thanks, Michael. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Try one more time. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Okay, I cannot unmute that person, Ashwini, so I'm going to move on here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael. It's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi. Hi. Um, I was just recording today how much I want it, how much I, I want to spend more time around kids. So that was really fun hearing Lene talk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, I've had a big workshop the last few days. Um, it, yeah, just um, continuing on with the Socratic themes around finances and work and body. It seems like just a lot of stuff is, um, there's just been a lot to look at. And, um, and today in particular, I was surprised by something that came about with work and it was some mistake had happened and 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 you know my condition orientation is always just you know this huge amount of emotion and Ashwini Okay, I lost my sound here so I'm going to uh, log back in here, and if you're in the, if you can hear me, and if you're in the queue, you can uh, get back in the queue after I log back in. Okay, Ashwini, I'm back. Let me make sure. Ashwini, can hey, you Michael. hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Michael, I can uh, hear you. Good. Let me unmute. Uh, Maybe Tracy we could get here. Tracy back. Okay, Tracy, are you there? 
Great. Yes, I'm back. Okay, good. Okay, Tracy. <laughs> Big workshop around finances and work, and there was something that happened that was a mis- mistake, and you, ha- you said you were experiencing emotion, and then, of course, we all went off air. Yeah, and I know we just have a couple minutes left. I'll, I'll call it. I'll call next week again as well. And um, yeah, and I just I was recording this morning before I found out this work surprise about the difference between being careful and caring. And I'm just starting to um, notice, and I'm and, and looking around. I. I it just even just how I do the process of work because I'm realizing whatever work I do, I'll probably carry this with me, this process of being so careful. Um, and it just feels contracting. It feels um, there's definitely an efforting there, and, and it feels very different than the care that I would put towards um, you know, like tending to the garden or animals or being with children or um, which feels a lot more spontaneous and um, kind of just like paying attention in a present way instead of the carefulness that goes into making sure I'm in sales, like all the details and like all these little pieces and it just feels really different. So I was looking at that this morning. Mm-hmm. And what I hear you say, uh, Tracy, is the quality of attention, right? So there is a difference that you're aware of where the attention, paying attention comes from presence, comes from awareness versus that very contracted place, uh, which sounds like it, there's an element of control and a tremendous element of fear. Um, fear that it will yeah. not go right. Yeah, somehow that, that's that contraction. That, I don't know, I projected the fear as an element. You didn't say it, but that managing, you, you're very careful in order for something to be, something not to go wrong, right? Right. Yeah, and I see yeah, it and, mostly. And I pre- go ahead. No, no, and I, I was just projecting that that's perhaps why the emotion arises, that you've been so careful, how could there be a mistake? Right. Right. There's a crush. It's a sense of being crushed by the outcome being so disproportionate to the effort. Right. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. just and then you know being with my customers' condition response of the mishap, um, and then you know feeling that you know taking that personally. Um, and so I'm just like, I know I, I'm, I'm been exploring some, I'm really starting to explore how I can do something different with work. I've been doing this job for a really long time and, and I don't want to take this process with me (laughs) because I know that I don't want to just switch something and take it with me. But just what you were saying, like noticing that there's a similar process, but attention um, like I don't feel like this fear like when I'm turning to the garden or, um, you know, the animals or... Um, yeah, so there's an identity there, right? That There's an identity that's doing it rather than awareness that's doing it. 
Like it's not love in action. It's, it's an identity in action. And to notice the difference allows you to know where you are, where the attention is. And therefore, in one case, you just stay there, right? You're present with animals in the garden. And when you notice that contraction, you disidentify. Yeah. So it seems like just staying with uh, noticing the identification and continuing to practice with love and action while staying in this position because it's probably going to come up in any position. Yes. Well, and I would project, I think the direction that you're, you're taking this through recording and listening about it is really, really the only way for the insight to be revealed to you in terms of what's going on, what's really happening, where's the possibility for the transformation, right? As you explore it with the recorder, that will all arise. And, and since we're almost out of time, there's that, just that spiritual place, right? Tracy, it's a profoundly spiritual place of being able to let life, uh, let life unfold, right? Because life can take exquisite care of things. And you have that experience when you're interacting with an animal. You don't have to be careful. It doesn't mean that you're not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So, Shani, and I, I know we're at the, at the end of the call. Last time I called in and talked to you, had um, pointed to the next place to be with just really staying with the sensation. And I just want to celebrate that I... I was able to stay with the sensation day and, <laughs> and record. And I'm just so happy that I have really just been wearing out the distracting behaviors. Um, and it was yeah. interesting today, like it even crossed my mind, like, oh, you could make a cup of tea. I was like, I don't want tea. Like, it's not going to make it any better. <laughs> I just have That's to right. be with this and, and remind yes. myself that it's okay. And so I just Let I, the I, ego I die, feel like that. Right? Yeah, like there's been progress and it was super uncomfortable, and but I'm happy that I didn't go to coping. And so yes, you face like it. A, you face it down. Yeah. That's right. You let things fall apart because the full per- perfection within quotes is what needs to disintegrate for the real perfection to reveal itself, the unconditional perfection. Yeah, okay, that's what I needed to hear. Okay, good. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tracy. Call back in. Let's have a longer conversation. Okay, Okay, I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Tracy. And that was another uh, fabulous conversation, Ashley. And um, I'm grateful to be here for another wonderful show and grateful to you and to everyone. Thank you, and go happy.